0: Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone and welcome to an out of the blue edition, out of the green edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. We're here to discuss the Rough Riders' reported change at offensive coordinator, Stephen McAdoo. Looks like he won't be returning. It appears, according to a report by TSN's David Naylor on Thursday, that Jason Moss will be the Rough Riders' new offensive coordinator. With me is uh, the great Austin Davis, former NFL quarterback, St. Louis Rams. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a different uh, one. Gonna, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. If if you Google me, you have to put Regina. <laughs> That's the only way to get, to get me. Hey, but, Rob. But uh, you're
0: still amazing. Uh, oh, thank you. So we just uh, throw this. Uh, well, this I'm no Murray McCormick. I'm no Murray McCormick. No, but. there's there's youth in the room for once, and I I feel uh, somewhat aged now, being the by far the elder statesman
1: in here. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. So as as you said, Stephen McAdoo, it appears, does not have a job and jason moss does i think those are, that's what we know at but, least in
0: saskatchewan we don't really know right. where jason where pardon me stephen mcadoo is heading uh there was talk uh that he was being in line to be interviewed for the Ottawa Redblacks head coaching job with so many coaching staffs in flux we perhaps he's found something else and, and maybe wasn't intending to return anyway we don't really know what has led to the departure of Stephen McAdoo whether that was of his his own volition or whether that, that was at the behest of the Rough riders yeah. regardless the the clear reality uh, Dave Naylor isn't going to never miss anything yeah. is that Jason Moss is in Stephen Moss Stephen McAdoo will no longer be the riders offensive coordinator and I think there's divided opinions on both of them yeah there are people in the keep McAdoo camp and there's people in the uh, he should have been gone last year camp. Yeah. If you look at the Jason Moss, there are people who are excited about it because he is a premier offensive mind. And there are also people who are wary of it because of his, shall we say, combustibility.
1: Yeah, uh, as so, we saw multiple times on the sidelines during the Eskimos season. And, uh, and not a not a great season for the Edmonton Eskimos. No,
0: but I'm not sure that that should even be a factor because it, 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 to me it's a different discussion, Austin. Um Jason Moss became a CFL head coach because he was so highly regarded as an offensive coordinator and as an assistant coach. And he was a fiery player. People knew that he had that temperament, Mm -hmm. but it was never an issue when he was an offensive coordinator before in the league. And he's, by every account, very good at doing that. He's not going to be on the sidelines, I wouldn't think. He's not going to be screaming at the officials. uh, He's going to be up in the booth. So... Maybe a pen will fly periodically, in not on camera. Not on yeah. camera unless TSN times it uh, really yeah, well. So not the same spotlight. You so, know, I, it's not a. It's it just. It's. I think it's a different discussion with Jason Moss. If you're looking at Stephen McAdoo leaving, whether you agree or disagree, I think if you're if you're a follower of the Rough Riders or an employee of the Rough Riders, I think you have to be pretty happy that it's Jason Moss coming here.
1: I think I've got a sense for how how you feel, and you wrote in your column that ran uh, yesterday, Wednesday, uh, that Jason Moss would be a good fit here. So let me ask you point blank: What do you think of Jason Moss being the offensive coordinator for the Saskatchewan Roughriders? I, I think 2020?
0: it's a, a, of, of who they could get. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, Stephen McAdoo isn't here, but you've got to you've got to get somebody who's credible. Jason Moss is about as credible as you're going to get as an offensive mind. So if if that has to if if you've got to make that change, for whatever reason, I'm not sure who. I'm not sure how, how they could do much better. Yeah. That's that's to me that's a that's a coup for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to get Jason Moss. It's going to be a a transition now because we one one thing we do know, one of the reasons that I defended St- uh, J- uh, Stephen McAdoo and encouraged the Rough Riders to bring him back, showing how much influence I really have, is that we what we do know is that Cody Fajardo, can prosper in in the Stephen McAdoo system. Right. Say what you want about everything else. Yeah. But Stephen McAdoo was the offensive coordinator of a team that that signed Cody Fajardo in February. Nobody really knew who he was and he blossoms into this this phenomenon. But there a CFL tr- all-star quarterback and most ascending player in the West. Steven McAdoo has to be part of the credit for that.
1: But there seemed to be a trust there between Fajardo and McAdoo that didn't exist when Brandon Bridge was behind center. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah,
0: and maybe it's just a matter of having a better quarterback, right. too. They they were able to let—they uh, they did seem to have some trust in, Steve, in Brandon Bridge in 2017. They let him play— play his game. In right. 2018, there, it seems like there, there were yeah. restrictions placed upon what he was allowed to do, or perhaps there were just restrictions on what he could do. Yeah. Uh, but now you're facing a situation where, okay, you've got Cody Fajardo, you've got this great, great young quarterback, and year two, he's coming, he's got to adjust to a new system. Okay. And is that going to be a factor? I don't think it's going to be huge because you look how what a quick study – Cody Fujardo proved to be picking up the Rough Rider system here and, and so, so quickly establishing himself as a star. So I don't think that's going to be a major impediment, but it still disrupts the continuity and you never know for sure. I remember uh, it seemed for the longest time when Darian Durant was a quarterback here that there was talk about, and he lamented at times, the revolving door at offensive coordinator. And maybe that's the nature of coaching in the Canadian Football League as well. But,
1: it's the nature of the Canadian Football League. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a pretty transient league. But yeah. you look at 2008, the first year that Darien was the, was the quarterback, the starting quarterback for any duration. Paul Applese was the offensive coordinator for two years. Then came Doug Barry for a year and a half. Right. Then Ken Miller for half a year. Right. Uh, then Bob Dice for a year. Then George Cortez for two years. Then right. uh, then Jacques Chapdelaine for a year. And then Stephen McAdoo for a year. Right. And it, it, the, the lack of continuity didn't prevent Darien from becoming a star mm-hmm. an icon here, but I still think having to kind of pick up a new system every year or two was that wasn't wasn't the greatest situation. So if there is a concern about what's what's happened here it's that okay you know what Cody Fajardo can do within this structure and I think that went very well by there's by ev- by every measure yeah of course can that can they uh, can they build upon that next year
1: what what is going to be the most noticeable difference in that offense next year what can Ryder Nation expect from a Jason Moss offense what what are the hallmarks of a Jason Moss offense
0: uh, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot uh and, and they threw the ball quite well this year. Cody Fajardo led the league in passing yards with 4,302. Right. 18 touchdown passes in 16 starts. And but, he can run. And he can run. Um, Jason Moss likes to throw the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the raps against him in Edmonton sometimes is the offensive coordinator that he was a little quick to to, to not emphasize the running game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, C.J. Gable still gained a 1,000-plus right. yards this past year. But... There were times where it seemed like they would eschew the run, yeah. and uh, I, I wonder, and, and somewhat intrigued by it now, what kind of passing yardage Cody Fajardo might put up. Well, and you don't want to take the running out of his game, no. But you also have to look at the preservation and longevity of your quarterback, and if he's going to keep rushing for six hundred yards a, a year, and if you, there's going to be that expectation how long can he last yeah. if you look at darian's career as a rough rider rider's quarterback as as adept a runner as he was as he got into his late 20s early 30s he kind of picked his spots darian could have rushed for 800 yards a year if he'd wanted to yeah, look yeah, at yeah. what he did against bc yeah. in the west semifinal in 2013 but i think at some point you have to be judicious and think okay maybe we can uh ease the physical toll or reduce the physical toll on the quarterback if they throw more. And then the discussion becomes, okay, who's he going to throw to? Right.
1: uh, And it's a weird time to have this because there are still question marks on that depth chart on that side of the ball. As
0: is the case everywhere. But you look at the Riders receiving core and Kyron Moore is back. Mm -hmm. But after that, I mean, Shaq Evans, 1,300 plus yards is a a pending free agent. Yeah, Naaman Roosevelt is a pending free agent. They've got some... Jordan Williams Lambert's under contract. There's a player I can see really prospering, right? With Jason Moss as the offensive coordinator, because yeah. there's a premier talent yeah. who really wasn't used that that no. well. No, and nor was Manny Arsenal.
1: But we've probably seen the last episode of the Manny show. Pro- probably it's have. Legend. But yeah.
0: maybe there's some mileage if you bring Manny back and put him at slot back and let him do what he does. Right. Putting Manny as wide out or try or putting putting. Jordan Williams-Lambert Lambert is a wide out. Right. He's a slot back. He's a six foot four
1: premier target. Yeah, That's where they've had their success. And, and but, w- Watson looked good in that role too. He, yeah. He's a pretty big body with solid hands. But he's 36 next year. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, so, the, they're, so yeah, that's where I was going next with you is that do they have the weapons to execute a Jason Moss offense as it stands? I
0: think that maybe this makes it more of a priority to make sure that they do because they had a pretty good receiving core this year, but – One thing I don't think they had an abundance of was explosiveness. I look at the things that maybe they could do with Kyran Moore. Yeah. And maybe they can use him a little bit like Western Dressler used to be used here. Mm -hmm. That's that's quite the comparison. Yeah. But you look at the athleticism and this this diminutive receiver who you can just – it's almost like – a joystick with Madden. Let's have some fun with this. Mm -hmm. So I really wonder what the potential is for Kyran Moore. He got 996 yards this year. He could become a 12, 13, 1400-yard receiver with Jason Moss having some fun using someone of that talent. There were times when Kyran Moore, after a strong start, seemed to be de-emphasized in this offense. Yeah. They could absolutely go nuts with him. If Shaq Evans is back, that's huge. Maybe and that's where I was going. Does he become a must sign, do you think? I think he was anyway, yeah. Austin. 1,300-yard mm-hmm. uh, receivers don't come along right. very often. Yeah. And you look at the rapport that he had with Cody Fajardo. Mm-hmm. Again, sometimes you just have to go with what you know. That didn't obviously turn out to be the case with Stephen McAdoo staying in Saskatchewan. but. Uh, uh Shaq Evans had a lot to do with uh, Cody Fajardo playing as well as he did and vice versa. Yeah. So, I'm, But I'm sure they were – you're looking at receivers, got 1,300 yards. You just make a point of trying to get him back. And maybe that's where the charisma and salesmanship and simple presence of Cody Fajardo is advantageous because right. I, I'm sure he's going to be texting and calling and maybe cajoling. Yeah. And, uh, hey, let's be a part of this. Great yeah. Cups here in 2020. Let's –
1: Let's put on a real show. Oh man! And and if they if they're a bomb squad, that could be a lot. Next season could be a lot of fun if it goes that way. Yeah. Uh, and and who knows? There's still question marks. Obviously, we don't know. We don't know. I mean, your predictions every year show that. I got.
0: You know what? I actually <laughs> got Winnipeg right. Th- the only team I got right in the West this year was Winnipeg. I picked them for third. Wow. And they finished third. Yeah. So I was so proud of myself for getting Winnipeg right. But then I got the result of each of their. three. I got the I had the wrong prediction for each of the Bombers' three playoff games. So I got it right for third place, and then completely Well,
1: that was a tough one to predict okay we, we've talked moss and that side let's talk the odd man out of this equation stephen mcadoo and i know as you said off the top it's a little early to say who told who what if he said that if he told the team he wouldn't be returning or if the decision was made within the organization to replace him we don't know that yet yeah um do you think, knowing what we know currently, do you think Stephen McAdoo was the Wicker Man? Was he a human sacrifice for that poor West Division final showing from the Riders' offense?
0: I think you can safely say it didn't help his cause. Um, when it's interesting how you look at it, because if you look at the body of work under Stephen McAdoo this year, as alluded to earlier, I think that it's generally pretty good. They had a good year, not a spectacular year offensively, but certainly. Way better than it was the year before, mm-hmm. and under that system, Cody, Cody, Cody Fajardo became a star. Right. But then once you get to, to uh, the biggest game of the year, and the offensive st- strategy is called into question, how much weight do you attach to the regular season compared to the big game where you struggled? Sometimes I wondered if it was going to be one of those. Hey, I did really well at dinner theater. Mm-hmm. But but then I appeared on Broadway and absolutely bombed and they canceled the show after two days. Right. Right. And it suddenly doesn't matter if you're if you're starring uh, at Stage West in Regina. So I, I wonder I wonder there was once upon a time there was a stage West. Whatever happened to dinner theater. But you're too young to remember this. Uh,
1: another time.
0: But uh, I, I, I just wonder if if if, if ultimately and we, we don't know, maybe we'll get some answers on this, but ultimately more weight was attached to the West final than everything leading up to it, and maybe the fact that the Rough Riders' offense, uh, albeit with an injured quarterback, could not cash in three times in the fourth quarter when they're at or inside the five-yard line. And then on another occasion, they got to the 25 and settled for a field goal. I just wonder if that's what resonated. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe Maybe prior to all that, Right. the intent Stephen McAdoo's intentions not to return were made clear to the rough riders right. until we have a chance to ask questions and get some answers it's there's a lot of conjecture
1: right. here but the size of the stage matters right it, oh absolutely like when, when the pressure is on you have first place for the first time in what 10 years yeah and second time in 43 Second time in 43 that matters and they didn't take advantage of home field advantage for the second time in a row and I know that the situation was different in 2018 with Kleros, Zach Kleros being injured. But there were a lot of similarities in those two disappointing performances. Yeah,
0: and there were some, you know, direct parallels. If, yeah. if you look at the 2008 West semi-final against Winnipeg, Brandon Bridge finally got something going. They pull 20, him out. 2018. 2018, yeah. pardon me. Yeah. Brandon Bridge finally got something going, uh, moves the ball nicely. Out comes Brandon Bridge, in comes David Watford, T- running play telegraphed, kaboom, end up with a field goal. So this, this time, the offense, uh, it, it, was, it wasn't struggling to the extent that it was the year before, but they, they didn't reach the end zone. No. Cody Vigardo has a nice drive going for straight completions. Out comes Cody Vigardo, in comes Brian Bennett. First play worked out fine, he got down to the one and a half yard line. But then chaos reigns brian bennett still in the game not necessarily a bad decision when you have an injured starting quarterback and brian bennett's a good runner on, on short yardage situations. but what was
1: the play call they're
0: in the shotgun and they collide and it's gets keystone caught.
1: yeah so when you've got william powell back there and you can't get the ball into his exactly
0: hands. and uh so uh th- there were i think there were eerie similarities right. to what had happened the year before with Arguably higher caliber personnel, and certainly more at stake when you look at a Great Cup berth, and and then when you we, if you look extended a little further, and you consider all the opportunities that weren't capitalized upon in that game, you lose a home playoff game, you still have won a home playoff game at the new stadium to a Winnipeg team that proceeds to just vivisect the the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Great Cup. I didn't think Hamilton would be that vulnerable, mm. but suddenly you start thinking with another week to look at it what were the consequences of that offense not being able to cash in at those crucial junctures you you you, you couldn't beat a Winnipeg team that then won the Grey Cup handily so does that, did that not just cost you the west division final at home which is a rarity in, in itself but did that cost them a Grey Cup
1: yeah and and, and
0: that's that's that is still lingering
1: and you're right like it because all those what ifs like that i, I think you know dickinson had said the the day after coach craig dickinson had said he didn't have he had a little bit harder time sleeping that night than he usually does and but usually he's able to kind of leave that behind after the gray cup and i'm wondering if that gray cup result maybe twisted the dagger a bit more because seeing what winnipeg was able to do with the tiger cats you were you might have just been one game away if you beat the yeah. bombers i mean they the bombers had a great game plan to beat hamilton and hamilton didn't put up that great of a fight certainly not to the level that we saw them do during the regular season no and
0: the riders played hamilton pretty tough during the regular season yeah. they lost the opener 23 to 17 the same night your raptors won the nba title Ooh. and uh and and they did that with the using three quarterbacks yeah. and then they beat hamilton at mosaic stadium during the, the queen city x granted hamilton did not have brandon banks that night right. but I think they still would have played pretty well against Hamilton. I think
1: Hamilton didn't have Brandon Banks for the whole Cup game either.
0: (laughs) Or at least least a considerable portion of the second half. And so even even when Hamilton did have Brandon Banks, Winnipeg was able to control him. Mm -hmm. So you look at, okay, if they'd gotten past Winnipeg here – maybe they just keep waltzing on through. And I remember talking to somebody after the West final, and I said, well, maybe the Rough Riders just put off the misery for a week because Hamilton is such a powerful team. Maybe you win that, you go to the Grey Cup, and you and get slaughtered, you get slaughtered yeah. anyway, or yeah. another Grey Cup defeat. There have been a few in Rider history. Yeah. But when you look at the, oppor- I think the opportunity... <laughs> on the 10-year
1: anniversary. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah. But the, 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 I think the opportunity that was lost really hit home yeah. on Grey Cup Sunday as much as it probably more than it did on November 17th. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think you're right. And uh, I meant to ask you about, we mentioned William Powell. Uh, do we know his status? He's a free agent. He's age. under contract. Is he under he contract? Okay, contract. he's coming so, back. And uh, it looks like he still has legs, obviously. I would think so. I Although I, mean, I, I might not say the same about Marcus Thigpen near the end. Yeah, uh, the Thiggy the, might the, be.
0: There weren't the, save for one kickoff return, there weren't the explosive yeah. plays. That they were getting out of Marcus Thigpen the year before, uh, they had the two long touchdown runs, for example, and another thirty-one, the thirty-four yarder yeah. in twenty eighteen. They weren't getting the same knockout plays out of Marcus Thigpen that they did the year before. Yeah. Was that scheme, or is that Marcus Thigpen aging? Yeah. He still had enough legs to go for hundred yards on a kickoff return, yeah. but uh, and he still made some plays. But it, it wasn't the same, same uh, player who could just tear apart a defense yeah. and. Uh, and now he's 34 years old next season, and you know, William Powell is 32. And that uh, you look at the yeah. shelf life of running backs, and mm-hmm. 32 is like 52. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you were although Jerome all... Messam was still doing that at 32, 33 yeah. too, and he was a grinder, a, a, a kind of pound the ball down your throat yeah. type you know, runner.
0: William Powell, I, th- I think they should be able to extract yeah. another year out of him, and maybe that. You know, Jason Moss doesn't seem to be a huge proponent of right. the run, but. If the passing game can be even more effective, maybe that op- maybe that liberates the running game as well. Because mm-hmm. there were times when the Riders tried to establish a run with William Powell, and it was like they were just running into a wall. Yeah. The, especially against Winnipeg. Winnipeg right. seemed to know when the run was coming, and yeah. no matter what they tried, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. So maybe if the passing game is even more of a threat, maybe that creates. Maybe you pass to set up the run. As opposed to the inverse.
1: Yeah, so I, I think we're winding down here. So at, how, at my age, that is certainly true. Well, you've been winding down for a while. But <laughs> let, let's uh, your f- optimism about this team today compared to yesterday, same, greater, less than?
0: Uh, I think it's about the same. I I, I think bringing back Stephen McAdoo would have would have been a would have been a solid move. I mean, mm. i I'd written that pretty much. They're probably Doomed it, <laughs> but but uh, I I think with the if you look at Cody Fajardo and another year with this team and what he's capable of doing, uh, I think that's that is the magnet. As much as I think Jason Moss is is a good hiring considering the circumstances, um, the magnet and the nucleus is still Cody Fajardo, and I think the Riders have only scratched the surface with him, not only as a quarterback but I think as a presence. What kind of Cody Mania is there going to be now that there's an entire offseason to build it, mm-hmm. and uh, and what what kind of uh, what what does that give what kind of credibility does that give the Rough Riders in the free agent market? Mm-hmm. So, irrespective of who the offensive coordinator is, I think they had a very good one. I think the results speak for themselves, unless you really attach a lot of weight to the West final, and that argument is sound. And I think uh, Jason Moss comes in with some with, – there's some skepticism because I, judging by my, e- in my inbox, it's not a universally uh, popular move. Uh, the bottom line is whoever is the offensive coordinator is they've got this gem to work with, yeah. and now he's coming in for the first time in his career as an unquestioned starting quarterback, the guy, and it seems like he's born for that role. It's like he's been just waiting for it. And when that opportunity came about, he seized it. And what other things can he take advantage of? And what uh, what else can he bring to this franchise now that he's entrenched as the guy?
1: One thing Cody Fajardo could could bring to us is being on the podcast. You're Co- invited, to. Yeah, Cody. open invitation, Cody, that I would happily give up this chair that I'm sitting in. As and we a have a lovely anyway. coffee
0: mug for you. I'll even, <laughs> I'll even wash it before I give it to you. <laughs>
1: And that's more than what you do with your clothes. So that's a <laughs> big advantage. Cody I just special. A car wash. Yeah, there we go. Uh I, I is there anything else that we that we've missed on this, Rob? No, or... I don't
0: think so. All right. Uh but we will uh we'll weigh in uh as as <clears throat> events warrant during the off season and uh hope you will uh, join us as we follow this rough ride. There's never an off season for football. No. Nope. And uh, I think the fact that we're sitting here in December doing this is evidence of that. Is there anything you'd like to say about? Uh,
1: no, Murray. Murray, we we miss you. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's it. Thanks for letting me sit in your chair, Murray.
0: And uh, we'll return with Murray McCormick or Austin Davis. And again, Cody Fajardo, you're invited if you'd like to occupy the chair. Uh, I have to read this or I'll be shot. If you, <laughs> if you, the, the rules are rules. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever, wherever, bleh, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob. That's me at rvanstone at and we'll read it on the show. You can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Vanstone. Uh, in absentia, Murray McCormick at Murray LP in Austin. Uh,
1: a- AMDYQR. Don't don't follow me on Twitter. Save yourself the house. Watch
0: the splater. Oh, I want a splainer on this situation.
1: It, we just did it. You did it. You yeah, did but it we, we. we need
0: your antics and hijinks and, and, and gyrations. <laughs> gyrations. <laughs> for for uh, Mr. Splainer himself, Austin Davis, I'd Rob So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.